0: I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders.
1: Today, we're joined by Karen Weyburn, founder and MD of The Profitable Firm, a creative agency working exclusively with accountants. Karen started her career in accounting, but found her passion in marketing along the way. Through the profitable firm, Karen gets to flex her creative and accounting muscles by coaching accountants on how to better market their firm. She's a dual British American citizen and lives in the beautiful country of Scotland. It's our pleasure to welcome to the
0: Accounting Leaders Podcast, Karen Raber. Karen Raber, welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast.
1: Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for having me.
0: My, My wife would be very upset with me if I didn't open with this we have never (laughs) been to scotland but we you know where this is going don't you
1: (laughs) of course (laughs) (laughs) always so many beautiful things
0: (laughs) firstly i feel like we've lived on shetland having seen the series multiple times
1: (laughs) yes yeah Uh, i tell you the highlands and islands glorious (laughs) i'm just so glad that i live here (laughs) and
0: tell me the thought process in in how you've ended up there and yeah. and perhaps part of the, yeah. the well, well let's go through the journey hey
1: <laughs> yeah i was going to say it's all as with all journeys hmm. life business owner and they all begin to merge I moved to Scotland. I mean, it'll be 21 years ago now. So this is my home. This is my country. I'm a dual British American citizen. And originally, I just came for a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> I just came, and uh, there was an organization I was helping out, doing some charity work, and and I just came, and I really did connect with the country. Yeah. And I actually, especially after so many years and so much travel. I believe we can connect with countries and the culture Mm. of a country without necessarily knowing why at first. And I would say if you asked me 20 years ago, like, what exactly is it? I could have thrown around some things. I, you know, it's a beautiful country. I love Mm. the welcoming nature of the people. I love the highlands and the wide open spaces. But you wouldn't fully be able to understand it until many years gone by and you dig into the underneath of what it is that it represents that's for you specifically. And that is different for everyone. Like almost anyone I know loves Scotland. They come and it's beautiful and they fall for it. But there's a big difference in coming and loving it and going, I love that so much. I'm going to spend some more time there. Didn't originally plan to live here this long. Mm. I literally was going to come get a job, live here for a couple of years, and then go back Mm. to America. That was Mm. the big plan. Mm. And then I got a job at an accountancy firm, because I'm a qualified accountant Mm. in the States, and they had an opening for an auditor. Mm. That was my experience. It all just Mm. worked out perfectly. And then after three years, I was like, well, not ready to go (laughs) back yet. Maybe I'll just stay a little longer. (laughs) And then I stayed two more years. And then I got my residency, then I got my citizenship, then I bought a house, then I started PF. And you know, at one point you finally go, I think this might be my place now. So yeah, it's been a long journey. And as with most journeys, some things you just figure out along the way and weren't intentional. Other things you can see how your path has been led. And for me, this mixture of accounting and creativity has always been part of the journey. But yeah, this is my home and I love it. And I always, if I could grab my family members, my sisters and my nieces and nephews and just drop them into Scotland, I'd have all the things, but we don't always get all
0: the things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I think they would be happy to come here as
0: well. Well, (laughs) well, let's go back a bit, let's circle all the way back to some of that. But um, So you grew up whereabouts?
1: and well, I was born in California and grew up in Arizona. So we right. moved there when I was young and so I grew up there, went to a university in Arizona, decided to study accountancy mostly because my accountancy classes were the most challenging, the most interesting compared to all my other ones and I found myself going, oh yeah, it really it makes me think and wonder and there's a system and it makes sense. And I didn't really want to be an accountant But I was fascinated by the knowledge that accounting data gave you. Mm -hmm, And I thought, mm -hmm. well, whatever I do, this has got to be a good thing, which turns out that's true. And then worked as an auditor for a while in Arizona until I came to Scotland.
0: And so were you UA, University of Arizona, a Wildcats fan?
1: NAU. Lumberjacks, (laughs)
0: Oh, Lumberjacks. Okay. <laughs> Lumberjacks. There you go.
1: <laughs> so I was up north in Arizona, which I really liked having grown up in Arizona and Phoenix, yeah. very desert, very dry, very yeah. hot, to live in a place that had seasons. Yeah. Phoenix's seasons yeah. are hot and less hot. Yeah. And Flagstaff actually had trees that change color, mm-hmm, snow, mm-hmm. wind and rain, sometimes within five minutes. Hence, yeah. that's what I get in Scotland as well.
0: That's the Commonwealth countries that's. Four yes, seasons in point. one day. If you follow Crowded
1: House, yeah, or five minutes. Yeah, like you look outside. I mean, literally this morning, I went out for a walk in the pouring rain, and now it's lovely, lovely, yeah. and blue skies and some clouds. So yeah. the
0: um, change of the fall season, autumn, we would say, from my home country, but um, the colours are just amazing. Yes, at the moment in the mountains.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love it. And I did really enjoy in Flagstaff being in the mountains. You can go skiing. They've got yes. um, a lot of hiking. I really enjoyed that. And there, there's an element of that that uh, I quite like about Scotland. I particularly love the Highlands and the Islands, with the the mountains and the ruggedness and the you know it's nothing that's a li- that's too tidy. And I like that about Scotland.
0: Skiing in Flagstaff, you've got snowball. Is it?
1: Yep. Snowball, yep. I went snowboarding there, loved snowboarding, oh my word. One of those that I, I wished I could sort of get into it more, you know, I basically fell for eight yes. hours straight so and bomb. at the end of the day went, let's do it again! <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first day of snowboarding, well, you know the difference between a uh, a snowboard instructor and a snowboarder, don't you? Why don't you tell me? About three days, <laughs> uh, but...
1: <laughs> I (laughs) think that's probably fair. (laughs)
0: Snowboarding as a way to, as a skill to get further, I think in winter sports is, um, it brings a lot more people into the mountains and I think it's fantastic.
1: I think there was something about the challenge of snowboarding that I, you know, I'm a pretty stubborn person. So it was like, I saw how it could work. I felt how it could work, but I I wasn't getting it to work. But my instructor... (laughs) my three days instructor, most likely, was like, you've got to just keep at it and you're going to need to fall a lot. he said, good expectations. You're just going to fall a lot. So I thought that's fine. And I think the last hour of the day, it finally just clicked and I'm like, just having the time of my life. So Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that.
0: So straight out of Flagstaff or Northern Arizona into work, was it?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I left NAU and graduated and the job I got was with the state of Arizona working as oh, an auditor. So we audited <laughs> like the state organizations the like <laughs> <laughs> anything owned by the state, you know, any organization yeah. by the state. So there was an audit of the whole state of yeah. Arizona.
0: That would have been a, There would a big, be audits
1: of the hospitals or whatever it is that's owned by them that we would do. And then you would go on different ones. I did one on the county fairgrounds. I spent nine months in Yuma. There was a whole fraud issue that we had to deal with. And so we had to do three years of audits back to back because they Mm. hadn't been done. Mm. And I did that with a team. So I did enjoy it. I found it challenging. But after four years of doing that, I was getting a little bored. Yes. And I had moved pretty quickly. I'd become the youngest senior that they had. And I just found myself being like, "Is it, mm. you know, is this what mm. I'm doing? And there were people who worked for the state of Arizona as auditors and just kind of moved slowly through that. And they'd been there 20 years. Yeah. I don't think that'll be me. Yeah. And, you know, my decision to go to Scotland had nothing to do with job, accounting, anything. I just went there almost for like a break, really. (laughs) And uh, I'd been working 10 hour days, uh, just building up all this extra time off. So I actually got 10 weeks off and I had built up so much time that they were able to essentially keep me on as a part time employee while I was gone. And then I came back and still had a job, which was very gracious of them and I appreciated it. So, but then I came back and went, Yeah, I want to move to Scotland. And my boss is like, Okay, so do you have family there? Nope. (laughs) Do you have a job? Nope. Do you have a place to say, yeah, I have some friends that are gonna put me up? Yeah. And it it was one of those things you do in your twenties. And that was partly why I did it was I could. And it is funny looking back when you're like, okay. This could be my only chance, you know, and you don't know that you're going to move there, live there, become a citizen, buy a house, start a business, run it for you know. You don't know, and that's part of the fun.
0: It becomes much harder in life to institute change, doesn't it? The family, kids, Mm -hmm. partners, whatever—complexities that you introduce to to your life.
1: I was telling somebody recently. I was like, "Oh no." I'm getting to that stage where I just want to go to the same place on holiday.
0: I was like, home
1: I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to go to this country or that country. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of work. That's a different language. Maybe I'll just go back to the Isle of Mull because I love <laughs> it. So.
0: <laughs> Your introduction to Scotland, you felt very at home and obviously yeah. met people that uh, you had affinity with and and started then sort of looking around at what the accounting scene looked like, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I mean, as I said, I got the job at an accountancy firm first because I just wanted to be here in Scotland, wanted Mm. to get a job. It worked out. That's a whole long story. Very, very long. Yeah, so the short version is I found, I contacted all the accountancy firms in the sort of local area where I happened to be and just so happened to find one who had been looking for an auditor for Mm. nine months. Mm. They needed to apply for a work permit. So that was all complex. But again, I had all the qualifications that they, just everything, sometimes things just work together. And I, I won't pretend that it was like so easy. Yeah, I worked my ass off on it and there were challenges, but the things that we did worked and they got the work permit approved. I came into the country. So I went back to America. They got the work permit and I came into the country with the work permit. Yes. Okay. Now I'm in as a yeah. resident. Yep. So I was tied to the work permit. And that was yep. really interesting because if anything had not worked out with that firm, back to America I go because yes. my ability yep. to be here was yep. connected to that. But at the time, that didn't matter to me because I was like, oh, I'll be here for a couple of years. I'll be fine. Let's see how you're going. And at the end of the three years work permit, we had an opportunity to renew it for two. And we kind of went, yeah, let's do that. Yep. I think I'll stick around. But at the end of the five years, the accountancy firm I was running there, by then I was running their consultancy division. We'd set up a whole consultancy business to do advisory work and run business development seminars at the time, like in a local hotel. And we'd mm. have business owners come in and so I was doing all of that. I was doing all of their marketing and I was enjoying all of that. But then for various reasons, they decided they just wanted to go back to basic compliance. They didn't want to have a big consulting arm. They didn't yep. want to do any of that. Even though we had had great success with it, we had doubled their turnover, quadrupled their profits. Like. There was a lot that was good. That wasn't what they wanted. And they said, you can be an auditor again. I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I've got to add a taste of something I enjoy yeah. better. And so I ended up going to work for a, it was a network of accountants that that firm was a member of. So I knew them and had worked with them, gone yep. to their conferences. And when they knew that I was available, they're like, can you come and work for us? Yep. So oh. I ran their European division. So they had a European division, Asia Pacific and America. Yep. I ran the European division. Which one
0: was that? A linear or somebody like that was it?
1: It was called Ran One Consulting Group. Rand one. R-O-C-G. Yeah. Hmm. So Ran One was started by, well, back in the results accountants network days, it was Paul Dunn, Jim McCarley set up Ran One and I worked with Jim and his son Mike. And then Mike owned the European division and then that's the one that I managed. So I just I did everything for that. Mike ended up going to Bali and that's where the our RAN one was held. And I did that for five years as well. I yeah. began to notice I have a little five-year
0: yes, yeah. <laughs> five year yes, yes, pattern here. <laughs> Everything's in five year chunks. That's all right. Yeah. No worries.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's nice when you realize that. Yeah. It was funny. This year I was realizing this year was a, a five year sort of marker. And last year, I'm like, I don't think the five year thing is done, but it's not really because (laughs) this year I'd finally finished my book. So that was my five year thing.
0: And so rolling along in the partner network and going to Bali for free every year. And
1: I did go (laughs) just the one time, but it was a great visit. (laughs) Did enjoy that. And yeah, it was good. And I learned a lot and I got to work with loads of accountants. So all my clients were accountants and I helped them But at the end of that five-year period, there was some software that they were using that they were putting as a web app, but they also had as a downloadable one. And there were some challenges with that that were just taking a long time for the transition. I was struggling a little with being able to best serve our clients with a desktop software that wasn't being supported, but the new web app wasn't quite working. And I think, to be fair, looking back, I was hitting that five-year mark of... There's something. At that point, I realized for various reasons that I looked around and didn't see anyone who was helping accountants do the marketing work In a custom way. So there were people who would be like, here's some generic stuff, edit it. Yeah, there are loads of people telling accountants what to do. Yeah. And consulting them saying, you need a new brand, you need a new website. Yeah. But for somebody to actually say for accountants and accountants alone, we'll help you build your brand, we'll help you build your website, we'll write the blog posts, we'll help you do the webinars we will literally be your outsourced marketing agency. I didn't see anyone doing that. And I wanted to help accountants get the stuff done. Yeah. And I had been advising accountants for five years and they're going, well, where do I go? And I'm like, well, hope that goes well. Do you have any clients? And so to be able to move from that to we are the people who do this, that worked really well. But, uh, you know, I just classic me, set it up me with my laptop and second bedroom of my flat and see how it goes. Couple freelancers. And it went well. Yeah. (laughs) And I realized that the more structured we were in our approach to figure out what works for accountants, the more effective it was for them, the more profitable for us, more profitable for them, everybody wins.
0: One of the things that you probably would have come across early is a lot of accountants that we experience are not chasing growth for growth's sake. They're very happy with with sort of mm-hmm. their, um, their path in life and mm-hmm. marketing can be a foreign concept. Yep,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I really like the fact that many accountants aren't chasing growth for growth's sake. I think, you know, I was telling somebody recently, one of the things I just love so much about working with accountants is they have this remarkable sense of loyalty and commitment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and family-orientated and mm-hmm. relationship-building yep. and honesty and integrity, at least the ones we work with. Yep. <laughs> and those are the people we choose to work with. But it, it's a remarkable set of qualities. And it does mean that when it comes to marketing, if things are ticking along pretty well, they might be thinking, well, I don't really need to worry about marketing too much. But what has happened over the years is they realized as the business owner, it is their job to worry about marketing. And also the more competitive things get, they need to worry about it in the sense of, are we attracting the right kind of clients? Yep. So one of our mm-hmm. big sort of flagship phrases at PF is better not more, or better rather than more. Instead of focusing on more leads, more numbers, fill the funnel, it's how do we get the best clients, yeah. the ones that we love working with? Like one of our clients said to me, when I first started writing my book and I was asking her just for some thoughts on her journey, And she said, you know, I realized we were working with some clients that we didn't like, doing work we didn't enjoy, not making money on it. (laughs) And that's not how it's supposed to work. And I said, no, when you do your marketing right, not only does it relieve you from the burdens, whatever burdens you've got in the firm, but you get to work with clients you love, doing work you enjoy, making money that fits the value of what you're delivering, which allows you to do what you want to do. So yeah, the big appeal for all of the clients that we work with is they're not coming to us for the quick wins and the fast results and can we get 10 new clients tomorrow? There are other people who help with the faster approach and the little things. That's not our bag. We do best with the right way is the long way, the organic content, the quality, intentional, consistent marketing that truly reflects the firm So the very best clients come and everybody else goes away.
0: Yeah. And the reliance and referral is stronger than ever, right?
1: (laughs) I would say yes. And also what accountancy firms are realizing is that just because somebody has been referred Mm. doesn't mean that you can skip the website, the content, the videos, the prospect process, the diagnostic, the diagrams. And that's been really helpful. There was some research that was done by the Hinge Marketing Institute that showed that 48.5% of buyers who had been referred to accounting and finance companies never got in touch because they came to the website, they came to the socials, they came to it and went, eh, I'll do it later. Yeah. Yeah. Not urgent enough. I'm not sure if this is the person or firm. Yep. And that statistic matters so much because, yeah, you get a lot of accounts going, I don't need to bother with marketing because we get referrals. Well, you're yep. missing half of your referrals, potentially, yep. because yep. they still check you. out. That's what everybody does. Sure. I got referred to three solicitors. I was looking at putting an offer on a house. And I got referred to three solicitors in the area. And what was the first thing I did? I went to, I got their phone numbers. That's what they (laughs) gave me, which I thought was hilarious. Like it's 2022 people. (laughs) And then I looked them up, Googled the name of the firm, went to the firm. And what was the first page I went to besides the homepage? The about page. Mm. I wanna see the person that Mm. I would be working with. Do they look like a nice person? Do they seem like somebody I could get on with that? You know, it's sort of subconscious, but that's what we do. Sure. And then I emailed all three of them, I did, but the way that they responded and not one of them, to be fair, had a, this is how it works, mm. this is what happens first, this uh, is what happens uh, next. Uh, uh, These are the sort of costs that you may need to consider, I realize we're going to need to talk to you. And that, uh, that whole approach, that professional services concept, I know those were solicitors, but the same thing applies to accountants. Because the buyer isn't coming going, I wonder if they do management accounts. I wonder if they do payroll. They're like, honestly, I know you're an accountant and you do accounting stuff. How do I get in touch? How does the process work? How much might it cost? Or, yep. or how do we even get to the cost part? Yeah. How do I know that that has been calculated well and isn't a number you've plucked out of the air? <laughs> how do I trust you? How do I know that you know what you're doing? And that's what we, like, we're like. we passionate about, helping the accountants to reveal all of this greatness. Yep. So many accountants are so great at what they do, but their websites are not showing it. Yep. Their brand is kind of blah. Yep. And they know this, but it doesn't feel like a priority. So a lot of what we do is education to help them understand that addressing these foundational things will then help the right clients to find them and buy faster. Yep. And the wrong ones for them to go away.
0: Have you got some stories for of clients that the profitable firm has worked with that um, you know, has really turned their business around.
1: Yeah, so many stories. And actually, my marketing director and I were talking about that this morning. Like we have so many stories and we've started to share some of them, but we know we have more that we can share mm. and, and better. I'd say that the top couple clients that come to mind are firms that have followed that consistent sort of marketing map journey process where they come and learn about how accounting works, they address their foundational areas, their goals, their brand, their website, their marketing plan, and then they work with us. They do some, we do some, we collaborate together on consistent organic content that reflects their firm, their team, their clients' questions, the onboarding process, the buyer process, all of this. Mm. And when they do that, they achieve the goals that they set. So we have one firm who is in our accelerator coaching group who let go of 240 clients Mm. because they were the wrong sort of clients. They weren't making money on them. They didn't enjoy it. They were niching in a specific area. They needed to focus on that. That was a win for her. She was like, okay, that is not what I was expecting to get out of marketing coaching group. But that was a big win for me. Then another firm who was just starting up. Sometimes we have startups who come to us and we think, well, are they going to be investing in their marketing? And this particular firm, you know, again, realized who she wanted to work with, invested in her brand and website. And she was like, listen, I want to have 10 clients in the first three months. And she was at 29. So for her, that was her win, which may seem small, but it was massive for her. And then we have another firm we've been working with for five or six years who have 15 offices, 100 or 150 team members. Mm. They've got clients all over the place. They work with a lot of farmers. A lot of their partners are farmers. You Mm, know, mm, they mm. have all these connections and they do consistently the practical things of a really good magazine that we help them design and put together and put out every quarter. They have a special one for farmers, a separate one. They run live events, mm-hmm. they run webinars, they bring people in to teach them about zero or whatever accounting software. They send updates, they keep their clients updated and they connect that with that beautiful personal connection of having the people round. They had a hilarious social post of uh, at Christmas time, somebody brought a donkey in, like you literally do. brought in a donkey <laughs> as you do. And uh, I thought, you know, that's very fitting, but it's fitting with what that firm is because they work yep. with people who have donkeys. So yep. why wouldn't you bring your accounts you in see. on a donkey yep. for a laugh? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's Christmas. Well, yeah.
0: the, so, the yeah. animals have a habit of going viral these days.
1: Oh, my word. I mean, they? you want to go, but like, we've had accountants that <laughs> like, oh, how do we go viral? I'm like, TikTok dances and puppies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, Honestly, what more could you
0: ask for? Get a, a rude donkey and stick them up there though. The, the emus, yeah. I think it's...
1: I know, it's amazing. And it, you know, it's actually, speaking of TikTok, it's been amazing. We've got a number of clients who have started using TikTok to just share their knowledge about accounts. Yeah. And we have one client who messaged us after doing TikTok himself. You know, we weren't necessarily, we were helping him with some content in his website. But he was doing these TikTok videos and he's like, I'm getting five inquiries a week (laughs) from TikTok. He's going to have to dial it back. It was just like it fit for him. Well, that's the other thing with marketing is it's really tempting. I would say for accountants, but I think this is for everybody to try to figure out what the trick is. What's the answer? What's the thing? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of things that we could tell you to do. I mean, my top two are always... Write custom blog posts regularly, at least weekly, Mm. and record and share videos. Mm. If that's all that you did, Mm. you would absolutely get better results, better clients, better connection. But that being said, some people TikTok works great for. Some people Instagram is great because of their audience. Some people LinkedIn is better or Twitter is better or no social media. But it's about, you know, that authenticity, Mm. like really just being showing who you actually mm, are mm, so mm, that the mm. buyer doesn't have to wonder.
0: Yep. Let's dig into some names. There's, what about, I um, just looking on your website for a bit, but what about mm-hmm. Georgie from Starfish Accounting? Her story oh. sounds pretty...
1: Well, Georgie's, I can unequivocally say, one of my faves. I definitely remember... Actually, Georgie mm. is the one who said about, we realized we were working with clients we didn't enjoy doing mm. work we didn't love, not making money on it. Mm. Not overall, but in certain areas. And so one of the first things we do with the firm is something called foundations, where we look at what are your goals for your firm and yourself so that we know what marketing actions to do? What is your brand? Not just your name and logo, but what do you stand for? What are your values, You know, colors, tone, all this? How is that represented on your website? And what's the plan? What are you gonna be doing? And what was really interesting about Georgie is she came to us and said, I actually thought I didn't have to worry about marketing because I didn't want a more quantity of leads. Mm. We had plenty of leads. Mm. And then I realized, were they the best leads and were we converting them and were they becoming the best clients? No, so that's what we needed help with. And she realized that marketing was more than she thought it was. So we went through the foundations with her and then they just slowly, steadily updated their logo and brand, updated their website, added real photographs of the team, started creating content. We create some for and with them. They create some. They do social media. I remember her being on one of our social media trainings. And I suggested that she start posting more regularly on Instagram because of the kind of Clients that they have, and I said, just give it a try. You know, I'm not making promises, but that could be one way to connect more personally. And she has stuck at it. And you go to her social and Starfish's social, and they're just they're present, they're real, they're their selves. If you go to their offices, you you recognize it. And they have moved out of their client list. Any of the clients that they didn't like, didn't get on with, weren't profitable, were difficult, and that changed their whole prospecting process as well. So now they don't waste time on the leads that aren't a fit and they're able to convert them faster. Now they have a whole onboarding system, which is better because mm. I remember she said that to me in the early days, we wanna be able to have a onboarding system that is clear and that we follow. And this takes time. They've been working with us for a couple of years and you know she was sharing, they've definitely been achieving their sales and profit goals, but more importantly, the type of clients and they're enjoying those types of clients being more clear on the kind of clients they want. Mm.
0: And all of that makes for a more enjoyable business journey, right?
1: Yes, like just (laughs) loving what you do, loving, like I was talking to an accountant the other day who said that he looked at his calendar and saw that he had a call with me and went, oh good, oh, that's nice. (laughs) And then I said, well, do you do that every day with whoever's on your calendar? And he's like, no, not really. And I said, well, yeah, that's something to look at because yep. Yep. that for me is a goal to look at my diary every morning and go, oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what I a, get to talk a, to yeah, that person, right. you know, in the main. Sure. You're gonna have one or two sure. that are difficult <laughs> or challenging, but that's what we want for our accountants. It's, it's what we work to practice ourselves. We don't take on every accountant who comes to us. Mm-hmm. And certainly some people come to us aren't ready or are still figuring out what they want. But we also have a, a client acceptance program based on the values that somebody portrays. Mm. And if in the prospect process, we realize that we're not talking the same language about marketing, mm. it can go one of two ways. They could say, oh, okay, I get it now and ask lots of great questions and we get there. Or they might go, that's not, that's not what I want. Yep. I just want these fast results. Well, like, that's fine. Yeah, That's not who we are. Yeah. So we've gotten a lot more confident in who we work with and a lot of it has to do with mindset and values as I said we've got startups we have got more medium-sized firms I'd say probably not larger firms. we tend to work best with firms I have one to two partners hmm. so they can make decisions quickly
0: yes yeah, so things can faster.
1: 10 one. to yeah 10 <laughs> to 50 employees that kind of thing yep because once you have four eight 12 partners, you know, the tiniest decision takes three months and great approvals, oh, yeah. and I'm not sure if 900 pounds is a lot of money, that sort of yep. thing. Yep. Yep. And then you've got this startup accountant that's like, "Yep, let's go, yeah. ready to spend 10 grand on my brand or yep. whatever it be." Yep. So,
0: yep. the clients that you work with all over the world, or have you got oh. some uh, Scottish Highlands accountants? <laughs>
1: we do. One of the clients I mentioned, the startup, Karen Kennedy, she's up in the Scottish Highlands. And that was one of the beautiful things about working with her is she realized that she's very much about community and her brand needed to f- reflect that she is there as part of her community. Mm. She connects to the people, the local companies. She and her husband built a um Self catering cottage near their house mm. that looks out over the alien Dawn and Castle. And I mean, you, honestly, you can't make this stuff up. Yep. It's just glorious. I went there and saw her at her house. And I just stood there and looked out at all this stuff that I've seen on her Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, mm. this is for real. Mm. Like, this mm. is actually what it is. But, you know, she set up the firm herself. And now, like, people are coming to her because she gets them yeah. and she lives there yeah. and she plays shinty and her kids, you know, <laughs> are there at the weekends and they go walking the Scottish Highlands. And and she was one of when she went through our 100 day video challenge and posted a video on Instagram every day for 100 days. And now she's in this pattern. She's does it not every day, but mm. regularly. That's where she gets a lot of her leads, Instagram and TikTok and reels. And she, you know, shamelessly uses her children, which if you want to and are willing to, I'm telling you, little boys with funny (laughs) facial expressions is a great, (laughs) great way to get connection for her because of her audience. Yes. So, yeah, so we've got, we work with accountants all over the globe. Our team, there's 18 creatives that work at PF and the team are in UK, US, South Africa, Hungary, Argentina, you know, we've got all these different sort of regions and our clients are all over the world because really the core issues that accountants face with marketing is the same across the world. Mm -hmm. The difference is every accountancy firm will experience it a little differently because of who they are and, and who their culture is. But that's also why we created these regions like the US region there are different challenges that the U.S. firms have, and our U.S. team understand those. I wouldn't say better, but maybe faster. Yeah. You know, and yeah, time sure. zones it's just easier to book a call with right your. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We do a hilarious conversation in the team Slack about like, do people say <laughs> this in America? Why do people say uh, yeah. that in Britain? You know, yeah, yeah. we have no, good, good conversations on those. Yeah.
0: Got to teach them what a fortnight is
1: yep that's right and you know not the gaming not the gaming but... <laughs> one
0: no, the two-week one yeah. yeah
1: i'm trying to think of one that we had a massive conversation about biscuits oh you know first what a biscuit yes. is wow. the difference yeah. there in america and the scones uk or biscuits? but then the types of biscuits yeah scones scones <laughs> yeah. biscuits jammy dodgers you know Ooh. people are like what the? what is that you know
0: across that one
1: have you not mm. oh jammy dodgers are good empire biscuits mm-hmm, those mm-hmm, are one of my favorites mm-hmm. in scotland jammy dodgers are basically almost like an empire biscuit but they have jam in the middle and then a little oh, little love
0: heart the yeah, um, you'll
1: have to put that on your list
0: boot and trunk obviously Nope, I got the nothing. Car boot. You'd be a boot. Oh, boot and trunk. Boot. Oh, right. I was like, is this a
1: biscuit? No, no,
0: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by the boot and trunk. Biz. Yes, no, absolutely. And I had to learn all those things coming over yes, from America. And yes. I remember telling someone when I originally moved here, I did not at that time think I was going to live here, become mm. a citizen. But I remember consciously thinking, well, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be all in. Mm. I'm not going to do one of these where I insist on calling it a cell phone or a parking lot mm. because I'm here mm. and everybody calls it a mobile mm. and a car park mm. and a whatever. Mm. Mm. So that's what I'm going to do while I'm here, and I'm really glad I did because I think otherwise you can separate yourself yeah. so much that you're not even trying to you know enter into not adjusting to daylight
0: saving time. Right, I'm going to.
1: I'm going to stick it out. I I come from Arizona, (laughs) who is, I think Arizona is the last holdout state that does not do daylight savings. All the other states do. (laughs) So half the year, my family is seven hours behind, and the other half, they're eight hours.
0: Well, yes, if they're in Arizona, that's true. But see, we we have the extra hour mostly from here. Right. We're in that funny couple of weeks at the moment where it's only... uh,
1: Seven oh. hours. Wait, do, do you have the half an hour one? No, where no, some that, regions that's, where, that's Adelaide.
0: No. They're, silly. They're silly. Oh, <laughs> it's
1: so confusing. I'm like, who came up with that? Oh, noise? South
0: Australians. <laughs> if anybody in the world is going to come up with it, it's the South Australians.
1: <laughs> Cultures fascinate me. They really do. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking the other day about. Why is it that half the world drives on the right side of the road and mm-hmm. half on the... Mm-hmm. Couldn't we all just agree no, that well, it's a whole, whatever a whole side of, it is? There's
0: a whole thing about that.
1: There's a whole thing.
0: Yeah. Same as the... And
1: imagine trying to change it. I mean...
0: Well, they did. Okay, so, so here you go. There was a country. I reckon it was like... Or a city. I reckon yeah. it was like something starting with S. I don't think it was Sweden. It might have been Sweden. Sweden.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay. In the 70s, it was a European oh country, and they changed the side of the road that they drove on.
1: Oh, my. And, and did they have disaster? No, or did no
0: it, it was a, one of the best executed oh. infrastructure projects of the last decade or the last century, uh, I
1: should say. Amazing.
0: They had like yeah. uh, 60,000 signs that they had to change overnight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wow. <laughs> and, that is impressive, actually. I think if you take it seriously, because you do realize people will die yes, if you don't. Yeah. I mean, I've had people ask if the pedals, you know, the accelerator <laughs> and the brake are on different. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if that was the case, there's no way that I could drive in America and then no, come over no, here and couldn't. just, there's no way. It would just be a disaster. But I am sort of U.S. Amb- you know, yes. I can drive on both sides of the road. Although I do find that when I go back to America, every once in a while, if I'm in a new place, if I, yeah. you know, I grew up in Arizona, yeah. learned to drive there, so whatever, but I might be in like a new town or a, a new place and I'll find myself in the car park sitting there going, hang on, yes. what country am I yes. in? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm in America. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I remember one time I was in a car park and I literally sat there and waited for another That's car right. to drive exactly. by so that I could follow them. Cause I just thought, my brain is not working yeah. and if I make the wrong decision I okay. could kill someone. <laughs> so I will just wait.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ah
1: uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the side. No, got I,
0: it. <laughs> I can relate to that's two times. Firstly, when you get out of the plane, like after a long Yes. You're like, Oh fuck, okay. All right, I've got to really think yeah. about this. Yeah. Or yeah, like what you said, like early morning when there's no cars in the road. Yes. i found myself on the Somebody on this? the left hand side, going just not you know, just <laughs> going back to the way we learn, right?
1: That's it. Just a deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you, like I lived in America for how old was I? I was either twenty four or twenty five when I moved here, and like that's a long. You know, I got my license in America when I was sixteen, yeah. so that is a lot of driving right. to get used that's to. Right. And when I came here, like people would laugh when I went to the wrong side of the car because you do that. Yeah. You know, you try and get in on the driver's <laughs> side and go whoops, and I'm like, you know, to be fair, I've been doing this multiple times a day for. Oh, and yeah. in you a never, quarter you never of a century,
0: the, the, how you learned it <laughs> yeah. right at the start.
1: <laughs> my favorite was when uh, my friend picked me up at four in the morning to go to the airport, and I put my stuff in the boot, got in the <laughs> car, the sat there, and he, he comes round. To the window and he just stands there staring yeah. at me and I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, are you driving That's us? And I look at right. the steering wheels right in front of me. No, I get it. I'm like, oh yeah, my bad. It <laughs> is
0: easy with it. I mean, with a stick shift, it's even more complex, right? Because that is a change, change of hand.
1: Well, and I didn't drive gear shift when I was in America. Yeah. So I had to learn that over here. So that actually helped because I was like, right, everything's new. Yeah. I'm on the other side. I've got the gear shift thing going on. Yeah. I mean it's a whole story for another time, but I'll just say that I got lessons and everything, but I wasn't great at it. So There's I got my new clutch car. Left,
0: left in a paddock somewhere, was
1: there? I was driving home from the dealership. And I think, I mean, now if I was to drive from that dealership ten minutes to my house, mm. it took me forty-five minutes. <laughs> I mean, it was just people were honking yeah. and swearing and flipping me off. So I went and got one of those green L's, you know, yeah, that means yeah. I'm a learner. Yeah. Please be kind. Stuck that on my car. And the next day, the whole world was like, don't you worry, Hen. You take your time. You just go, it was lovely. And I told one of my friends, and they're like, maybe I'll just stick the L on my car forever. Like, people are nicer to you.
0: Those baby on board stickers don't seem to work.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little stubborn, though, and competitive. So it's sort of like, okay, I'm done with the L now. You know, I'm one of those people. It looks as a Google Maps is like a challenge to be accepted. Like it says two hours and 30 minutes. Let's just see.
0: (laughs) So as we come up to time, Karen, and now I have to ask, have you been to Shetland and have you seen the sets that they? uh...
1: (laughs) I have not. Shetland is still on my list. 20 years in Scotland. Shetland and the Orkney Islands are still on my list, but I've been. I've focused a lot of my time on the Isle of Mull because it's my favorite of the remote islands. Right. And I've been multiple times to the Treshnish Isles, which are just off of Mull, where the puffins are. Uh-huh. And that is one of the things I love. Honestly, I could just sit there and watch puffins walk around all day long. They are, they like are There are animals. literally people who <laughs> refer to it as puffin therapy, and there's, there's a good reason for it. So, yeah, I love the highlands and the islands. Just that I love Mull because you can drive for two and a half hours from my house to the ferry, 45 minutes on the ferry, and you're just in another world. Mm. You know, like you're driving along and there's highland cattle walking across the road or sheep or nothing for an hour. And the weather and the rainbows and, oh, it's just, it's glorious. Mm, Absolutely mm. beautiful. But, yeah, Shetland and Orkney, still on my list.
0: Well, at one point, well, we've never been, but uh, we've done plenty of UK and stuff, but never Wales or, or Scotland or Ireland. Right. And definitely yeah. on our list. Particularly, I'm going to yeah. have to come and, come and find the McLeod Kilt.
1: And, Aha. Yes. And, uh, is there is there maybe a castle as I well? I think there's to probably visit? a
0: castle. There's certainly a couple yeah. of movies. That I
1: could... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I, I even have there's an accountant I was talking to in the States who is coming over to Scotland with his two boys mm-hmm. and his wife, and I'm just going to go with them. His boys are Harry Potter fans, oh, which good. I am yep. as well. Yep. So we are going up to Glenfinnan where the oh, wow. steam train yes. goes over. Yep. And then we decided to tack on to drive to the Isle of Skye and spend a two day. And I just thought, you know, as we get PF scaled and yeah. the teams just sorted yeah. everything out, I, I might just do a Scotland travel tours. There you go. Thing, there you go. You know? St- but it has to be cool people.
0: Scottish travel tours for accountants that I like to get along with. Well, yeah,
1: for accountants <laughs> that I like who either they or their children are Harry Potter there fans you go. and niche, who, You know, niche you a whole. That's all right. Yes, you make. <laughs> I mean, accountants are not niche enough, <laughs> that's right? right. <laughs> that's all right. As long as, you know. Uh, but I do. I do. I enjoy travel and I enjoy showing off Scotland. Mm, like Scotland, mm, I mean, mm. I don't have to show it off. Scotland mm. does it for itself. Mm. But I've never had somebody come and visit and not be like, oh, my word, yeah. you live in the best country ever. I'm like, I do, yeah. actually, to be fair, completely non-objectively. <laughs> no, I get
0: it. I get it. Well, Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure this time together. Yeah. And uh, congratulations on all the success of the profitable Thanks. firm so far and uh, to many years of much more of that. And uh, as always, if there's anything I or anybody at Carbon can do, just never hesitate to reach out.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. No, really enjoyed it and uh, just love being able, as I say, to is a privilege to work with accountants who are good at what they do. They're also just good humans mm. and they're good company. So I enjoy that. And more of that for our accountants that they get to have clients more like of that. that too. More of that. Exactly. Yes.
0: Karen, thank you so much. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a 1,000 free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by Thanks for joining and see you on the next episode of
1: the Accounting Leaders Podcast.